Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tuesday's podcast from Citywide. Uh, Tuesday being the day that we talk about the sermon from the previous Sunday. Uh, as we start, just want to acknowledge um, that, that and pay our respect to the first Tasmanian peoples as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. And we also pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and for their care for country, land and seas over the past thousands of generations. Uh, today in our podcast, we, there are five of us. So there's Grace with the, what do you call that? Is that a rusk? <laughs> so, sorry. And then, and then Emily with Grace, uh, Matt Garvin, our senior pastor who spoke on Sunday, and then Anne Herbert, who's um, sitting, if you listen carefully enough, they're sitting close to each other and you might hear each other through their mics. <laughs> we should be okay. So, so welcome to the podcast. Um, the first first big news is Grace had an exciting morning. Is everyone allowed to know what happened in Grace this morning? Oh, yeah. We had our first orientation at daycare. Oh, wow. <laughs> How did it go? It went well. I mean, it's just scary to think that in two weeks you'll be there all the time. <laughs> Grace, do you think that's it's the right place for you? <laughs> Yeah. Because, yeah, they fed me meatballs and they let me play with musical instruments. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's this big day. All right. Well, this last Sunday, we've been t- walking through the um, the parables of G- the teachings of Jesus. And in particular, in this bit, the uh, it's a series on, um, it's called The Teaching of Jesus. We've been looking at um, Matthew 13, which is primarily the parables that he taught. Um, so we've been through probably six sermons on the different parables in Matthew 13, and and they just keep adding to each other. It, I'm finding it interesting how these there, there are central themes that continue through all each of the parables. Um, yeah. So I thought what we'll do is um, we'll we'll read through this one. Uh, Emily, are you happy to read it? If I chuck it up on the screen. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay, here's Emily's lovely voice, and um, so Matthew 13. This is the passage we were looking at. thought it was worth reading again, just so you get what we're talking about. The parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his enjoyment went, and he sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The parable of the net. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake to catch all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, baskets, but threw the bad ones away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into a blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of the new house who brings out brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old ones. Great. Um, one of the verses I enjoyed there is, um, it says in, in verse 51, Jesus says, have you understood all these things? And this is a teacher's, teachers do this all the time. Do you get it, guys? And the students all say, yeah. And then I can just picture Jesus, roll, not rolling his eyes, but respectfully going, yeah, you don't get it yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
you, you partially get it. It's a teacher's thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Matt, is there what was the main essence of what you're trying to get out of this Sunday? I, I think at the core of it is this question, and, and one of the things Jesus makes absolutely clear in all three parables, but even what he's saying next is uh, the kingdom of God needs to be the top priority in your life. And this question for me, uh, is it? <laughs> and, and what gets in the road? And and uh, and what does it mean for me to hand the steering wheel of my life over to Jesus again? Uh, and and so I think that was the the core of it that Jesus can't just be a mascot. The kingdom of God can't just be a nice idea. It's it's all in. Mm. Yeah. All in. Now, judging by Anne's face, that's not just me who's here in a crackly mat. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, might be worth switching just to your MacBook mic, Matt, I think. Okay. Well, but we'll give it a go. But while, while he's sorting that out, we, we understood it all, but it was crackly. Um, and I'm trying to summarize what he said. It's all in. The kingdom of heaven is all in. It's worth everything you've got. Um, you give it your all. So I'm yeah. hoping you can still hear me now. Is that any better? That's much yeah. better. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think we caught that. So the essence of this is, and we, we'll go through a few parable, a few of the parables. Um, I might just share a tiny bit about the welcome stranger, which is a story that helps me catch this as well, because I I don't know why, but in my mind, this parable was about a farmer who found a pearl in a field. <laughs> and then bought the field, which is not what it says at all. <laughs> so it gives, it gives two examples. I was wondering, how did the pearl get in the field? <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so, um, but uh, uh, a, a pearl in those days was they didn't know how to cultivate them. This is one thing you taught, Matt, that in that society that a pearl was completely um, a massive find worth, you know, millions because it was so rare. Um, these days, pearls seem like I can't tell the difference between a fake and a real, and it's interesting for us these days because we can actually grow them and cultivate them and actually have a pearl farm for that matter. Um, and I can buy a pearl properly for, what, 40, 50 bucks or something. So it's not the pearl of great price for us. Um, but I was reading a story about a couple of blokes uh, just outside of Ballarat who were, um, during the gold rush, were walking around a field. Um, they, they, there was a big tree and just under this tree were the roots of the tree and three centimetres underneath the surface of the ground, they found the world's biggest gold nugget. Now, they went off and actually um, they claimed it uh, as their own. Um, the difference with that story is they didn't sell everything they had to get this this gold nugget thing. So I'll just show you a quick picture. But I think this image of these guys digging for this, the, the, it's 80 kilograms pretty much um, of gold, which is worth six, over 6 million today. Um, so I just want you to picture a couple of guys who find this gold nugget and they, they go and sell what they have so that they can buy this field and then it becomes theirs. Uh, and and so Matt's example of... Um, 
the kingdom of God will cost you everything you got, but then you get so much more from it. And so that that's a central part of this theme, whether it's a pearl that you find or whether it's a um a treasure in a field. Yeah. Now, Matt, you started with your sermon talking about worry. And how does that relate to finding treasures? Well, I I was trying to wrestle with so as we bring this chapter to a close, the very clear theme was the kingdom of God. And uh, and for me, it's a natural place to start because uh, I have engraved on my wedding ring, Matthew 6.33, about seeking first the kingdom. And, that's the, and that comes in the context of Jesus in the, in the Sermon on the Mount saying, don't worry about food, don't worry about clothes, don't worry about your life, just seek first the kingdom and, and then don't worry about tomorrow. Uh, and I, I, in Matthew 5, he teaches us to pray, or actually earlier in Matthew 6, he teaches us to pray, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That he, He's told us that the kingdom of God is God's will, which makes sense. It's what any kingdom is. It's where the, kingdom's, the king's will is done. Uh, and so I, I personally was reflecting on, okay, what, how much of my life is, is that? Is God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven? And for me, two, two core measures are how I spend my money and how I spend my time. But it, it, just, it struck me that Jesus introduces this other measure. Uh, what do you worry about? And uh, and he he seems to be saying that worry is a big block, and in fact, it was in the parable of the sower. He says, well, and, and for me, I think this of the four different soils he gives in in the parable of the sower, where he says this, the first seed falls on a road, the second seed uh, goes into rocky ground, and the third seed is choked by the weeds. And he said the weeds are the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things. So mm. for him, the thing that's going to choke the kingdom in your life is your worries, mm. the worries of this life. And so, and so for me, beginning a discussion about the kingdom of God, if I was to bring it down and try and make it honest, I had to face what I worried about. And realise that there are plenty of things I worry about that may not be actually God's will, and, and ultimately, uh, it doesn't make sense to worry a lot if you're seeking first the kingdom because you know there's not a lot that God can't do. Uh, so, so that's that, that, can't, that was my thought process anyway, uh, working out and leading into these discussion the, these parables about the kingdom. To unpack, okay, what does this mean in practice, and 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 what is the context they're coming out of? And these are some of the the core teachings about the kingdom that Jesus has already given us as we lead to this bit. Yeah, great. So I want to come back to this question just a little bit later of um, what does it mean to seek God's kingdom first? How do we do that? How do we sell everything we have for this great price, this thing of great worth? Um, but before we get to that, so Matt asked the congregation just to use technology, which immediately counts a few people out, <laughs> but I'm trying to catch the words. Uh, we come up with this word cloud, so I'll flick that up. And Anne, if you can just summarise for us, which 
which are the main parts of this that that um yep. well i think um obviously we um, can't name everything nor do we need to but health is a biggie um and some people have named that up as suffering or as sickness or as not being well so that's a key thing having good health um the family there's a number of things there around being a good parent, you know, your children, what's going to happen to your kids. Um, so there's a few things around that. Um, uh, there's also some stuff there around your home and your finances, money, um, having enough money to live and um, so forth. What I found interesting is there's a couple in there too about um, the people you love in, most in the world not actually... Um, being concerned about their spiritual future and where they might end up after death. Um, and so that was another one. And there's a, um, being embarrassed, standing up in front of people, what do people think of me, um, another key theme. And I think those in the future and the changes that come about in the future, what's, gonna to, what's, what's tomorrow going to bring? So those are some of the key ones, and the church is another one. Oh, and justice, so like the Ukraine, so global issues, the Ukraine, climate change, um, just some of the examples, things that hinge on justice being done and, um, yeah, gun control and all of those kind of things. Mm. Yeah. And so they're I good. I think mm. that as, as themes... They're not surprising, and I don't think it surprises God at all. Um, and that's why I think in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, you know, there is a place in the Lord's Prayer for bringing our needs to God. And um, so it's not a case of, you know, don't, you know, like I think it's not about being concerned about some of these things, but it's about trusting God with those things because it's natural that um, those things will occupy um, occupiers, they're important things, but it's about trusting God with them. Um, and one of the things I like about the message translation, it's a little bit before that bit about, you know, don't worry about what might or might not happen tomorrow because God will look after you. But it's also all your everyday human concerns will be met. You don't have to be like those people who don't have God in their lives because you know um, that he's there with you. Um and yeah, so doesn't always stop us from doing those things, but it's right. Um, can we leave those things with God and trust Him with them? This is a big question. I really like the way you phrase that. Um, it's, it's not to let the worry, yeah, can, like distract us from the kingdom, but to trust Him with them, because these are all really important issues. Um, I can't see anything here. Oh, cat's a question, but there's nothing in here. <laughs> My, my daughter wrote cat. <laughs> She's desperate. She's going to be a crazy cat lady. That's her life's ambition. But um, but these are things that are important to to focus on and work through. But um, but well, can I ask you guys? How does this relate? How does worry from here? Well, I think when you. Um, speaking for myself, when we get when I get worried, it does kind of sit there and it can kind of brood, but also physically I can 
feel a difference in my life. Um, you know, I start to get stressed. I start to feel that physically in a range of ways. And I think the Bible describes some of that, you know, even gut-wrenching kind of worry. Um, it, do, it does actually make a difference um, physically in terms of your wellness. And, um, um, yeah, so it, it can affect us. It can make us tense and actually jeopardise relationships that are meaningful to us. There's any number of ways, I guess, um, that it can impact, as well as taking us our attention to Jesus. Mm. How about for you, Emily? You got anything to throw in? Yeah, I agree. I think it can spiral and catastrophize really quickly. So worrying about one thing, and like I really liked what you said too, Anne, that none of these things are bad things to worry about. It's just when we yeah, don't place them with God and they just become all-consuming. They're not, not important things. Um, but, yes, I think one thing can quickly become ten things. And, yes, I feel it in my body. Like I feel my shoulders and things physically start to feel weighed down. And the moment you finally go, oh, just need to stop and pray about this, you do feel a bit of an uplifting. Yeah, I remember we, we did it at the start of a teaching series. We did Matthew chapter 8 when we were talking. It just kept on swinging back also at the start of 13 it just every every lesson seemed to focus on you can orientate around self or you can orientate around god and it just feels completely different those the same issues in either of those arenas feels completely different yeah. and in so many places too jesus just said like you said about god the father he's a good good father and you can ask for what you need and he's not going to play games with you if you ask for fish he's not going to give you a stone if you ask for bread he's not going to give you um something else that's completely irrelevant mm. and you know so and jesus um he understood the heart of god mm. and um and 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 you know, some of his miracles were all about asking God, thanking God for his provision and, um, and trusting, like, like the feeding of the 6,000 or 5,000. Um, it was, I bless, you know, bless this Father God and then breaking the bread um, in trust that it would be enough. Now, <laughs> uh, it's, um, it's pretty amazing, really. Matt, do you want to say anything around that? Yeah, well, I mean, th this is, I think, um, the core story of the Bible. You, you start with Genesis where you live in a world where you just completely trust God and then we choose to trust ourselves. Uh, and then the, the whole story from Genesis to Revelation is about the... The redemption of that. The, what does it mean? And that we live in this time where that's the question. And uh, the, the question of worry is who do I think is going to fix this? You know, who, 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 who do I trust with my life, me or God? And it's kind of, and it's it's where the rubber hits the road in terms of the kingdom of God, but in terms of my life, and it's a daily. It's a daily choice. So before we move on to the other parable, um, how do you? How does this play out? Because um, 
I don't want this to just stick with nice ideas, but how does this play out? How do we seek first God's kingdom? How do we, in our daily lives, how do we go about giving up everything, selling everything for this prize? How does that play out in ordinary life? If, if the kingdom of God is God's will, it means doing the work to know God's will in every area of your life. Take, take that the next step, Matt. How, how do you do that? Uh, well, there's a few layers to it. There is some parts of God's will we don't need to ask questions about. Like if you're wondering about whether it's right to have an affair or not, pretty clear, it's not right to have an affair. So seeking first the kingdom is not having an affair. Uh, or if you're wondering whether it's right uh, to love your enemies, again, pretty clear. There's a whole lot of stuff like that that is actually, if you open the Bible, it's both pretty clear and pretty challenging. Mm. Uh, but then there is God's specific will for your life. So, so for us... Uh, wrestling with whether we should leave Canada and come back to Hobart. We had a bunch of people uh, praying with us and there was a whole series of things that led us to say, yeah, we're pretty confident that is God's will for us uh, in this moment. Um, so I, I, I think a part of it is learning how to listen in prayer and that that's an ongoing for me, it's an ongoing journey. Part of it is learning how to be open to the Bible. Part of it is making sure you've got fellowship, you've got people who speak into your life. But ultimately, making getting to the point where you could say before God, yep, my decisions have been influenced by Jesus and they're under his rule and I'm willing to do whatever it is he asks me to do. Great. Emily, so tomorrow morning you wake up. Oh, sorry, I'll come to you in a second. No, no, no. I think it's important to go to Emily. Emily, tomorrow morning you're going to wake up. How do you seek first God's kingdom tomorrow? Oh, I was just thinking because I find it really easy when, say, I was applying for university and I applied for three different courses to be three very different things and I just prayed that I'd get offered the one I was meant to and then I only got offered one so I didn't have to make a choice. I knew that that was what God clearly wanted me to do. But when he leaves it open for you decide or it doesn't matter, I'll use you either way, I'm not someone who's heard an audible voice or had a clear sign and I am a classic massive overthinker and stressor about everything. Mm -hmm. So I struggle in those situations where you just want him to tell you or push you or nudge you or tell somebody else to tell you and it doesn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know how you keep seeking first because I feel like you can pray and pray and pray and still not know what to do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, seeking first the kingdom, yeah, I don't know whether or not going to the shop and going, oh, do I buy that um, that boost juice today? Is that seeking first the kingdom with my finances? Is that a me thing or is, uh, is that okay? Um, it's hard with all those little decisions. Yeah. But I just like to think that if I start my day each day committing it to God with prayer, it's the day he's made, let's find a right way to be glad and joyous in it, that if I'm not meant to do something, I'll 
have a sense about it. And I've had promptings the other way too, like sometimes God's prompted me, go and buy some chocolates and a candle and go to that person's house with them. And it seems like nothing and you just go, yeah, okay, whatever. And sometimes you know that that was really appreciated or they're not even home you just leave it on the door. But um, yeah, I think you've got to have a bit of a sense. I can't say I'm really good at the listening prayer thing because I like to talk a lot. But just um, praying that if I don't hear it the first time, he'll keep nudging me. Yeah. I don't so I've got these, got these big life direction decisions to make and you seek God in that at the, at the massive level and then the daily level, God, how do I hear your spirit and walk in step with it? And you're, and you're going to share something? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I could think of some examples a little bit like what um, Emily's talking about. But what I was going to say um, is for when I, um, about two years ago, I was in a year of rest and restoration, if you like. That was my year of spending by still waters. It was very special. But um, during that time, I felt a sense of God leading me to step out and be brave and put myself online. That was toward the end of the year and um, with Evenings with Anne. And for me, um, like one of the things that came up in that cloud picture was embarrassment, standing out, fear of people making fun of you, um, that kind of thing. And I worried about those things because what I was being asked to do was to put myself on the line, you know, put out there things that are really important to me, very, very special. I made myself vulnerable. And um, that step was a very difficult step to make, even though I knew it was the right step to make. And even though I believe God had prepared me for that through my readings of books and his word, um, to step into faith where you take one step and then you take the next step and as you take each step more and more becomes um available to you which is what jesus said the more you give the more you receive kind of thing mm. and and i do think that's part of what costs when you follow jesus as you step into what Matt has often called our calling we find ourselves pushed to the limit of our comfort zones and I think that's part of buying the pearl of great price mm. that we're prepared to relinquish and it's also about relinquishing that part of self um, and just trusting to God that mm. um, if you're going mm. in his direction he will bless what you're doing and, he, and you might not, not actually ever see what that looks like um, but you just trust to it. Mm. Yeah. I, just to say, I, even as we're sitting here thinking, I, I, I've had a bit of a gestalt or a bit of a realisation about Seeking First the Kingdom, uh, that there are probably three core tools that we have. Uh, if, if there are three core measures, if it's money, time and worry about whether we're Seeking First the Kingdom, then I, I think bringing Jesus into your budget, having a budget and having having thought through and prayed through whether this budget represents my priorities will be one way of seeking first the kingdom. Uh, a, a second way uh, will be actually having appointments in your calendar that reflects the kingdom. So having time with God and making time to look after yourself and 
and actually making choices about your time. Mm. So being intentional. And the third thing would be bringing your worries to God in prayer um, uh, so that you're not carrying them alone. Mm. And that probably reflects back on making sure you've got time with God. But I, I wonder whether those three things are core disciplines of being... Or, or I don't know if you can seek first the kingdom without putting your time and your money and your worries at God's feet and making choices about them. Hmm. Hmm. So just tossing that in for what it's worth. And I, th I think I mentioned the other day, we, when we're talking about worries, I also like talking about where do you invest emotional energy and, and choosing where to invest your emotional energy because um, going through worries, you can just go in a circular loop and just go round and round, wind yourself right up. Um, and so instead of being overwhelmed by all that's going on, prioritising your emotional energy. Uh, I, I like what you're saying, Matt, very practical. Yeah. Hmm. If, if, I, if I walk through my life, whether it's the minute my, my details of every day or the massive, what am I doing for the next 10 years? If, if I'm walking into each of those discussions with God, how do you want me to do this? And how do I invest myself in this? life would be different for, for me and for those that I impact. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I also wanted to say, I, I think there's plenty of things that God says, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind yeah. what brand of toothpaste you choose or, uh, you know, what sport you play or, you know, I think there is plenty of stuff that, where God invites us to do life with him, but there are principles that he invites us to make sure are there as part of that as well. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. That, that's the that's one of the frustrating things for me is there have been some pretty important decisions in my life um like emily just mentioned earlier where i really wanted to know god's will <clears throat> and god seemed to be utterly silent on the issue and um there, there are other times when he's been crystal clear but the frustrating ones are when he stayed silent and and one thing i did learn in one of these main ones was that I just had to trust that God would stop me if it was wrong. Hmm. And, and I felt like he was saying to me, um, actually, I want you to choose what's best for me and for the kingdom. I want you to choose because then when things get tough, you can't blame me for it and, and <laughs> feel like a victim. But, but it's, it's your choice and I'll stop you if you're going the wrong way. And I, which was, for me, a beautiful lesson in parenting from God. But that, that was a real key learning for me back in my mid-20s. Mm. To, to trust that he won't let me go the wrong way, but he's actually asking me. And I think the further deeper you get into Christianity, the more he leaves the decisions up to you because yep. you know what he'd want. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to interpret what Grace is saying. I'm pretty sure it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, is there anything else people want to bring out? We, I don't. How much did you speak on the second parable about the fish in the net? Uh, I did. Uh, I was listening. I cut it short because uh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to speak more on it and then realise I was talking too much. Um, yeah. but, but I think just bringing it home and, and making it clear what Jesus is saying, this isn't just a nice choice about whether you seek first the kingdom or not. Uh, he's saying, 
this is a choice of eternal consequences. That that ultimately there will be a judgment call. It won't be in the hands of your fellow Christians. It will be in God's hands. But but ultimately there is this question: uh, Who has been king of your life? Have, have you been king, or has Jesus been king? And the answer to that question will have eternal consequences, is what he's saying. And and so it really matters. Um, I was left with a the sense of the gravity and I think Jesus was trying to bring home the gravity of the the kingdom and I, it, he has with the pearl the pearl of great price and the the field example too it's just saying look this is it's it's not a light decision you make it's a great decision once you seek first the kingdom discover who Jesus is find joy find find life but but if you choose to go a different path it's pretty serious yeah for me that kind of reminds me of our discussion um two weeks ago when we were talking about the we the wheat and the weeds or the darnel um where the the wheat and the the weed look quite similar until they're mature and um and how uh, the kingdom of heaven here on earth we're actually um, as God's people living alongside of, we can't get away from, and we're not meant to be away from, um, separate from other from what's not right in the world. And what God asks of us is in, in our place in the field, if you like, or in the net, <laughs> is to be who he has made us to be and keep focus on, on that kind of thing and um and that at the end of time when or at the end of the age whenever that will be god holds all things to account and that includes um yeah separating either the weeds from the wheat or the the bad fish from the good fish and, and so forth so yes there's a lot of similarity and overlap between those two parables i think yeah, yeah absolutely because the I mean, the Bible uses the NIV mentions the word gnashing of teeth. Um, it's six times, but five of those are in Matthew. So Matthew's really focused on this in his parable. He keeps coming back to there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, you know, uh, in Luke, it says when you see the prophets and the godly people going up to heaven and you're not part of that, that's that's a serious thing. So it's very sobering. And Matt, you and I, I'm looking forward to getting to the passage. We had a, um, we would dialoguing this um, last week and I was saying here that none of these parables are based on your behaviour but on who you set as king, who you follow or seeking the kingdom and then you said yeah but we're going to start looking at the sheep and the goats parable in, in a few weeks time we're getting to that which is all about the behaviour and so it's really interesting trying to work out these these departments kingdom is behavioural yeah and also I, I think you've, I, I disagreed with you a bit because Matthew here in Matthew 13, he said the, the point of the division is righteousness, which is right actions in the Bible. Like it's, it's actually, it's more than just having a right relationship with God. Certainly in Matthew, in what he's saying here, the point of the division isn't just whether you believe in Jesus. Hmm. And that's where the fruit of the Spirit, I think, comes in, that 
as you open yourself to Jesus and um, accept his sovereignty, if you like, his rule of love in our lives, then the spirit, um, we have the fruit of the spirit, which Paul talks about, which is you know, joy and peace and patience and kindness. And I can't remember all of them. Um, but they're all about um, what those fruit are, are about not only growing yourself, but about how you reach out and love other people. And we talked last week about the mustard seed, very small, but when it grows, it grows into this amazing um, nurturing um, tree, bush, whatever, that um, birds can, can nest in, rest in. And... And again, that's that's the consequence of being connected with Jesus and being um, filled with His Spirit. And, yeah. Yeah. So, are there any other points people want to bring out of this talk from Sunday? Um, yeah, of uh, this of this particular parable or yeah. the third one that we looked um, at. This. Uh, any any of these? Any of them? Anything else on there? Um, I actually um, I liked a couple of the points that you made, and I don't know which parable it was in relation to. You mentioned you you quoted C.S. Lewis, and I loved um, like like where he's talking about well, um, you know, Jesus is not just a good teacher, either he's the son of God, or you know, and if you believe in him, he's the son of God, or you're a madman, and you know. Um, and, and Paul said something similar, that the wisdom that God gives us um, through the Spirit um, is not the same as, as what the world has. And Jesus said something similar to his disciples you know, very much earlier in um, Matthew when he says, because you are willing to, you know, to understand and seek me and ask me, um, you receive understanding of the mystery. You receive an understanding of God's wisdom, which is beyond human wisdom. And um, I was uh, thinking about um, another, and, and you talk about um, bringing uh, out treasures from old and new treasures from the storeroom, which I also like because we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. <laughs> there are so many um, good things in God's word, that, you know, throughout the scripture, um, as well as in the Old Testament and the New. So Jesus came to, and what he did, he came to fulfill, not to throw out what had come before. Um, and and he talks about those as treasures. And he also talked, in his Sermon on the Mount, he talked about us being very clear on what our treasures are he said you know where your heart is sorry where your treasure is that's where your heart is um where that's where you put your focus and what a little bit more of like what we've been talking about you know is your focus on status is your focus on um you know making you know getting up the career ladder is that your focus this that and the other um and if in the process of loving others you can't that next step up on the next rung or um, whatever, are you prepared to put that to one side because of your love for God and what he's calling you to do for others? Um, because that's what you treasure. You treasure that justice and that righteousness. And, and so, um, um, it's a bit, it's a bit 
um, left of centre, um, and I thought of a, a, um, another verse from Proverbs at that point when we were talking about treasures. It's um, from 24 verse, verses 3 to 4, where it talks about um, a house is built on understanding and knowledge is, is what you find in the treasure house, if you like, of that home, that treasure place. And I think it comes back down to what is the wisdom that we're talking about here? Is it the world's wisdom? Is it doing things the world's way or is it doing things God's way? And the kingdom of heaven is about doing God's will. And so where wisdom, God's wisdom comes is that's where the treasure is. It's when we recognise, when we start to ask God and seek Jesus as under, um, through the spirit, his understanding of, of what it means to, to live the kingdom and we gain a wisdom through that and that's a treasure hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't know if that made sense it was a bit rambly but there you go that's great that's great yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think those two sections we talked about a bit that, that uh, and, and one of the one of the passions for me is to help people really know the bible so we all know uh the, the big story of the Bible and how Jesus is the centre of it all um, and that we can draw from the storehouse old treasures. I think there's a real danger of, uh, you know, wanting to pick and choose from the Bible. I don't think it gives you that option. Uh, and and I, I, so I think, but, but I also think God does bring fresh insight for this moment, and so that I love I love that illustration of the, the storehouse and the idea that we're all to be teachers of the law, which is an interesting thing, which would have been so radical for his followers. But that, that Matthew finishes this chapter by saying, "And Jesus went back to Nazareth, and no one took him seriously," uh, and and that, and that's why I used the C.S. Lewis quote, just saying. It's really, you can't get away with not taking Jesus seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying he's just another, it's a nice idea. And C.S. Lewis's thing is he's either, he is either God or he is a liar and a serious liar, uh, like a, a liar at the level of a demon, like a seriously evil person, mm -hmm. or uh, he's a lunatic and he's completely off his tree and so it's it's one or the other, uh, you know. So I I, uh, I I was I I was left, and I think this this is what Jesus takes us through for the whole chapter that you you can't pick and choose. Either Jesus is God, uh, or he's not, and if he's God, then it then it changes everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks, Matt. Emily, any final thoughts from you before we finish up? I was just thinking you hear lots of um, lots of analogies about how um, not seeking God first and seeking the world or the wrong things will lead to destruction. And I think sometimes it's not destruction here on earth. I think there are a lot of very, you know, sin-filled people on their own path that are living pretty cushy lives, you know, these fancy certain celebrities or leaders of countries that might not be doing the greatest things, but they're not going without. 
but their hearts are without. And, um, yeah, because we don't talk a lot about heaven and hell and internal futures that, um, yeah, the destruction is ahead. We might not see the consequences that they actually face in the long run, but they are there and they are real. And it, I think it's scary, which is why it's a bit taboo to talk about that stuff. And I guess there are so many unknowns about what happens in the afterlife. Yeah. But I think, yeah, something that I'm left with is don't try to sugarcoat it in a way, like we don't want to yeah. scare people off, but I think it's it's meant to hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, I think I think that's taken us to the close of today. But as usual, we'd love to see your comments and down in the chat underneath the podcast or the YouTube, wherever you're seeing it or hearing it. We'd love you to continue the conversation. Um, what does it mean for you to seek first God's kingdom? To Yeah, so we'd love to hear a bit of that dialogue or to see it down below. Um, we haven't recorded this live. This is recorded on Monday, ready for Tuesday. Um, sometimes we'll do live, but, but today's not one of those. Um, but we are really appreciating that you're here with us. So, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you next week. What's the sermon this next Sunday, Matt? I'm trying to remember. We're starting the next chapter. in, uh, So we're, we're finishing this chapter. We're diving into the next chapter of Jesus' teaching. So kind of a, a new mini-series kind of within the whole thing. So looking forward to that. So hitting Matthew chapter 18, starting off there. Yep. Cool. What's the greatest in the kingdom? So, yeah, read ahead. Come informed if you're coming to church. And we'll catch you again soon. Thanks. Bye. See you guys. <laughs>